0: No, stop looking at me like that.
1: Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I think our brains aren't going to go to. Yeah, I mean, you know,
0: listen, do I love vomiting? No. Do I hate it? No. It's not a sexual thing, guys. <laughs> On the topic of sexual things. Yeah, let's talk about some comics. Uh. Yeah. So... from yonder window breaks it is episode 230 and i am the west east (laughs) perfectly acceptable podcast 230 welcome bellingham's premier pop culture podcast brought to you by three people that love each other almost as no three people who love comics almost as much as each other what a comic book show it's a comic podcast i'm jeff i'm colette and i'm the moon Oh, you tried it back to the Shakespeare thing, didn't yeah. you? Oh wow, wow. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to do that. But what a great thing I've started. Roman is a Shakespeare man.
1: Tis the east, and I am the sun.
0: Oh, okay, 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 okay. So we're
1: getting, we're getting close. I was it's a common nerd in high school. Oh, I remember I chunks it. of Romeo and Juliet. I
0: bet you remember chunks. Um, I. Nope, I got nothing. I'm just really excited to see the two of you and talk about comic books. You know, every week we get together to talk about the comic books that come into our comic shop in Bellingham. We love it. Uh, It's great. Roman read an ungodly amount of comic books this week. And I cannot wait because a special feature is that near the end of this, Poco, Roman's going to go through his list of 27 red comics and tell us the scores for each of them. It's going to be really cool i bet it won't go quite <laughs> as quickly as i'm assuming it's going to
2: no um, wait, well, I, don't allow me to do any uh editorializing or ex- explaining yeah
0: okay well uh, as i mentioned earlier everyone this is episode 230 and as we've become quite accustomed to making me very comfortable and giving me great material for our intros we got an email from william elmer happy 230 everyone area code 230 has not been assigned for use by the north american numbering plan <laughs> If you receive a call from 2.30, it is a spam call. Spam facts. Spam comes from a can. They were put there by a man in a factory. Spam fact three, downtown. Spam fact four. If I had my little way, I'd eat spam every day. You know, like there's an overlap between spam facts this week and peach facts last week.
2: Yeah, yeah, seems familiar.
0: Nature's candy in my hand or can or pie. Will, P.S. Which Tom is the best Tom? Um, great question king because he's a king tom, tom taylor is also very good shit tom taylor and tom king are probably actually kind of tied in my brain
2: hmm. tom foolery oh my, that's
0: my choice <laughs> you randy randy savage you wait tom
2: bombadil old tom bombadil <laughs> no. bombadilio uh
1: tom tom club no tom tom I club i don't actually remember what they sound like um i guess king
0: yeah taylor
1: i mean i like i really love me some tom Mm. taylor but i uh yeah i'll probably say it later but i'm forever amazed that i have yet to read a tom king that i'm not like yeah that was good
0: tom jones oh that's a musician right that's what you brought us will thank you for that (laughs) moment that (laughs) moment brought to you by will elmer uh, we're going to be talking about a good old Mary Slew of comic books this week. Like we said, uh, I'm going to just figure out an order for them right now. Whoopsie doopsies. Um, I think that based on Im- seeming importance of it, uh, first we're going to talk about Planet Size X-Men number one and New Mutants number 19, some gala books. And collect can chime in about X-Corp there because I, I hadn't read X-Corp. Um, we're also going to talk about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Heroes Reborn, number seven, end of an era. Nightwing, number 81, by one of the Toms. We're going to talk about Represent. Roman, who wrote Represent? That was an online digital first series. It was released in uh, physical print. Was that all the same writer, or was that um, um, a, a merry band? It was a merry band. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six different writers. How stupendous. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll talk about Venom. Maybe Colette will just sort of rain sunshine down on all of us. Plug those holes of (laughs) comic book knowledge. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're a little little sunbeam. You're like that Nirvana song that covered that band song by the Vaseline's about Jesus doesn't want me for a sunbeam because we're not, we're all arnery. We're all arnery. That was your moment of Nirvana. That was what I do. I bring it all back to Kurt Cobain as often as I can. Um guys any anything we need to cover before we get into this roman colette roman colette
1: i don't know Uh, i'm i'm still all like totally chilled out from spending a day out on my portrait and comic books in the sun mm, with mm. no child or anyone else around
0: for hours it's awesome having a toddler but i bet it's really awesome when that toddler's gone for a day or two
1: it makes that time by yourself with nothing that you need to be doing so much better it's got to be
0: a little bit give and take, right? You're not super pumped. He's hooked on smack out there waddling around with his leather jacket and sunglasses getting into trouble. But it's also nice to have two days of your own.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'll clean him up later. Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll get him clean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just like a dookie mess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I've gotten um, really good at cleaning poop out of stuff. Let me tell you, one of my best friends just had a baby, and I went over, and picked up laundry from her, and I was doing it, and I like pulled out a onesie that had like little green newborn poop stain on it, and I was like, Jared, look at the little
0: <laughs> <laughs> So being a being a new parent makes you long for weird moments of nostalgia, and <laughs> it like.
1: makes some weird shit cute. I have and green no desire to ever do that again.
0: Okay, I just, before we talk in depth about Planet Size X-Men, I need to share a kind of astounding thing that happened to me about it. I read this book. I made some assumptions going into it. I thought, like, I've loved Hickman's X-Men run so far. This has been touted for, like, three months now is the most important and big X-Men book to come out since Giant Size X-Men number one. So I started reading it, and I was like, this is pretty good some of the dialogue feels a little bit weird. Like Hickman's trying to be a little bit more in depth, like kids than he usually is. Like you're trying to use youth talk more than normal finished it. And I was like, that was like a minus B plus Hickman rating went to work the next day. And Justin was like, how weird that Jerry Duggan wrote that instead of Jonathan Hickman. And I was like, what? <laughs> like clearly you're mistaken and whipped the book out. And sure enough, the whole thing was written by Jerry Doug. I didn't even check the creators because I was so certain that there was no chance this huge X-Men book was going to not be written by Hickman. And I thought it was good, but it, I was like, it's not, it's not that knock you in the face Hickman good. But then for Jerry Duggan, it's like an A. It's like high A book for Jerry Duggan. It's really good
1: for Jerry Duggan. Yeah, exactly. I I found out a couple days before reading it or getting it, and I was like, oh man. And I I spent a long time on the first few pages because I kept finding myself just comparing it to what I would think it would be if Hickman was writing it, but not in a way that was like this just isn't as good. Kind of it was just kind of like okay this isn't actually okay this is actually pretty oh okay okay i mean it's not quite as um gripping as it as some of hickman's x-men stuff would be but
0: intellectually tantalizing you know like he like he could do a thing
1: within it wasn't really there it was interesting but it wasn't exciting
0: taps into like uh, an intellectual analytical insight insight part of my brain that just lights up when I retake my stuff. And this didn't really have it. But I thought it was very good. Still. I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Still. I, was good still. I, I liked it, but yeah, I, I do. I think I had the most enviable position, which was thinking it was Hickman. I, I think if I had known it was Doug and in going into it, I probably would have been maybe just a little bit more pessimistic or a little less excited or something, but thinking it was Hickman or something, you know, I'm aware of my own biases. So uh, maybe like a little bit more, but yeah, just like, just the little bits of like kid Omega's voice and stuff. I was just like, wow, Hickman doesn't usually like use Twitter speak in his writing or like sort of like kid youth. He doesn't lean on that as much.
2: Yeah, I was, Roman. Kind of, I was kind of, It's weird. I, I was kind of in a halfway between the two of you because I expected it was Hickman. And then when I looked at the cover, I noticed it wasn't. And I, and I was, I just kept on wondering, why didn't Hickman write this? It's right. such a big, important book. Shouldn't he have done it?
1: Don't it tell Justin me, burst my bubble to letting me know that Hickman's not writing X Men anymore. That oh. Duggan is taking over the X Men oh. title and that Hickman's not doing anything until Inferno comes out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, is yeah,
2: Inferno like next month or something, though. It, no, it's, it's like September, yeah, oh, really? it's oh. <laughs> coming up,
0: but <laughs> and I don't know if he's not writing anything until then, but. Because like they, it was announced when he wasn't writing to be the main X-Men book. It was that he's going to be writing something else instead for the X-Men universe. So we don't really know yet. But that being said, this issue made me more excited for the Duggan X-Men run than I would have yeah. been prior. Because I do think this was pretty good and did feel like Duggan's doing Marauders. Um, And that book, I do like more than a lot of the X-Books coming out. But it does have a very kind of unique voice as most of the X-Books do, a kind of operating uniquely in a different pocket of the x-men universe and kind of doing a different thing and so i was i was uh worried that you know it would feel really different but i i I think he's got the chops to make it feel at least pretty in line with what hickman has designed for it
1: this gives me a lot of hope for his x-men stuff because marauders definitely has like a hey i'm writing this book to be fun yeah. And it's kind of quippy and silly, but also it's got serious and kind of more depthy moments to it. And I like those meatier parts of the book more than I like the... I bet you do. The, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but this had much more of that, like, I'm working on a grand scale. I'm taking... This is supposed to be a serious, interesting, world-building thing to it than Marauders. It gives me more hope that
0: and i guess we haven't really talked about what happened in this yet but um the x-men colonized mars and transplanted uh arako onto mars and doing very cool like x-men circuit stuff like hickman refers to them as circuits when a bunch of different x-men use their powers together like the fastball special and stuff but um, they did a, a lot of pretty cool world building to get Arako on Mars and sort of terraform Mars. And then I don't really know what happened, but they pulled another sword station out of a man's chest, and um, that—that's cool, I guess. Like we got—we knew that Arako wasn't going to really fit on this island, and it makes sense that they would be like a separate entity. And I kind of like this sort of forcing the hand of like, yeah, Earth, we're all on the same team, but this is like, you know, we're, we're taking point. There's aliens out there. We're going to be the first people that they contact as they come into earth. Like we're, we're taking over this solar system, which is again, that kind of morally ambiguous X-Men spot that we've been getting. But uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That they decided that, um that planet Iraq over whatever, I can't remember the name, but their new name for Mars is the uh, the capital of the soul system. Yeah. <laughs> they just like, mm we just made this fantastic new planet and we are dubbing ourselves the capital of, of our solar system. Right. You going to argue with us figure (laughs) out how
0: (laughs) I was just saying, I didn't feel like it was the biggest X-Men issue since giants. I feel like house and powers were larger stories than this was. Yeah. Sorry, Roman, please. Oh
2: yeah. I even felt like, Oh heck the, um, 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 now I forgot his name. Uh, Oh, the X character that I Night can't crawl. believe. No, that Grant Morrison created. Uh, Hit Omega. No, Phantom F- X. F- yeah. Phant- Phantom X? Yeah, yeah, Phantom X. I felt like his giant size issue was more—I I don't know—mind blowing and mm. and a high concept than this was. Yeah,
0: I. For instance, I liked it a lot because again, it is a step forward using the sort of scaffolding and structure that I've been excited about within the Hickman stuff but again I love what Hickman started but there since that first thing that he did there hasn't been enough of his voice I feel like and Mm -hmm. while I thought this was good it was still sort of like okay where's the showrunner of this whole where's our head of x like where where is that voice that should be guiding the direction of this entire thing and you know I, I i do like this idea but you know i don't i was very excited for this issue and it didn't really return i don't think on the advertisements for it i think if they had not advertised it the way they had i would have
2: maybe even liked it more um yeah yeah i was excited for it too with when, when i thought it was hickman and also the idea that oh they're just recycling the old Mag- magneto's asteroid m, m idea yeah. um But I also realized with this issue, and this is kind of in the back of my head before, but I really realized it for sure with this issue. I don't care about the Iraqoians. Me neither. (laughs) Um, So we haven't
0: really met or spent enough time with any of them. Really the only ones I feel like we've spent time with, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's sort of the characters that were in the Ten of Swords event.
1: You mean the thing that I didn't read any of? (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, so (laughs) Arako at the end of Ten of Swords came and joined with Krakoa and they started taking up too much space on Earth, so they moved it. Um, But yeah, we haven't spent time. Like, it's hard to, that's a great point, Roman. I don't care about them because I haven't spent time. There's not really faces tied to any of it, so.
1: I think that actually, because I hadn't read any, I've skipped so much X-Men over the last while and all of Ten of Swords that, I found this more intriguing because mm-hmm. I didn't know the backstory. And there was that part of me that got distracted because I'm like, I don't know what this is referencing. Right. Um, maybe this I should, uh, whatever. But so the Aracoians or Arakans or whatever they go by. I like both um, of those.
0: I love all those.
1: Uh, they seemed more interesting to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I didn't have any backstory. So it was like, Oh, this is a new. okay. This could be a cool new person. Oh, this could be a cool new thing um yeah so i think that was a slight benefit actually not having any baggage it gives that a little bit more of the like wonder excitement or hope to Mm. it than the oh these people
0: but new mutants i thought was pretty good this one was written by uh vita ayala and you know i've liked these gala issues although none of them are moving the story for i guess they're moving their own It draws a distinction between what these events are. You know, Ten of Swords was, um, you know, a very different event than this one was, so.
1: I always think it's a really hard balance when you've got, when you're mixing a whole bunch of series to do an event to make sure that if someone doesn't want to read the whole event, they're not buying a comic, that they're just going to be like, well, this makes absolutely no sense, and... I'm going to be forced to buy a whole bunch of stuff if I want to know what's going on. Or the ones that are so disjointed that it just feels like, why did you waste time on doing an event tie-in? And I think they've done a, for the most part so far, done a better job of feeling worthy of all doing tie-in issues to this event as opposed to just ignoring it. I liked the X-Force one quite a bit. I thought that one actually kind of tied in to what was going on better but i don't know no one else someone start talking i'm losing my direction that i'm going in <laughs> i
0: i just it's it's interesting it's an interesting thing you know the these events uh this is so different than ten of swords and i do really like it because i love pretentious fashion like <laughs> i love this idea of everybody you know it's like prom there's a very weird feeling about like it's prom and we get an episode of a television show with each click click going to prom or something. So I really, I really like that. I'm glad that Planet Size X Men kind of moved the story forward finally because it's been a good handful of issues of just sort of people hanging out at the gala, which I really like. Um, I do but... love
1: seeing all the artists' favorite people that they're peppering in in the right. background. Because who do you really want to throw in? Bunny, <laughs> who's ended up in there, like Mark Maron, just right up right. in front. Like that's yeah. not who I would have thought in a X <laughs> Men. Right. Anyway,
2: um, I give there... Planet. Sorry, Roman. Yeah, yeah so in this issue of x-force are there any people in it real life people we're supposed to recognize
0: um x-force was a little bit earlier but i didn't notice anybody in new mutants actually uh there was maybe one face kind of later on but it sort of felt like that art was good at times but it didn't really lend itself to a lot of distinction of faces in the background if that makes
2: sense no i I don't i was wondering if the guy that the installation artist that hits on <clears throat> magic if that's like a real guy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I think the name is made up. I don't know if it's based on a specific person. Mm. Um I, don't think, I yeah. like
2: this. I hear a kitty cat. Yeah, I hear a uh, kitty cat oh, too. Ari. Ari.
1: Oh it's Andre. Henri.
2: I like the way this is set up better too. Um I I wasn't super impressed with the actual gala issue, but I've really liked each of the individual issues of the respective titles that filled in the holes that that were bugging me in the gala issue
0: i'm giving planet size x-men i'm gonna give it an 8.5 i thought it was a really good comic progressing a story that i've liked a lot forward a bit it didn't have a lot of the bells and whistles that make things a ten for me in this x-men world but i liked it a lot i'm happy to be reading it and New Mutants is just gonna go into that whole gala hole of like, yeah, it's kind of an eight as an event, I would say so far, but hardly even event, really.
1: Um, um, I'd give, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ron.
2: Oh, go ahead, no, go ahead.
1: Collect- uh, go. I'd give Planet Size X-Men an eight and a half also. It was it was a solid book, I enjoyed it. It wasn't like, oh fuck, that was so good, but much better than a lot of stuff I've read and, and really pretty cool. <laughs> um and yeah new mutants was you know it was one of the better x books in my opinion not my favorite but not bad
0: roman what did you give score wise on
2: these ones consult Uh, the chart yeah i am planet size x-men i gave a seven new mutants i gave a six
0: nice nice did you have a particular complaint about planet size x-men or is it just not great
2: oh just i think you you said it i just it wasn't as like cosmically moving as I expected it to be. I mean, it's cool. It sets up interesting things. I mean, how is the rest earth and the rest of the Marvel universe, uh, solar system race is going to react to, you know, the X-Men basically claiming Mars. But when there's a Hickman book or what I
0: think should be a Hickman book, I expect to feel it in my prostate and I didn't feel yeah. this one in my prostate. So yeah,
2: yeah, I didn't. I was like, uh, oh, magneto's cool. And you got a sense, <laughs> you got a sensitive prostate. Fr- prosty. You got a frosty prosty Faith. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, my prostate sense is
0: tingling. <laughs> oh god, I love that. Roman's prostate sense. Did we did all three of us read Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow? I would bet that we did. I'm gonna read it tomorrow. Oh <laughs> no, no. You know, no, tomorrow is a state of mind more than anything, Roman.
1: I definitely read it. Tomorrow, tomorrow.
0: Oh. Um.
1: <laughs> so I don't
0: gosh I feel bad I have read a fair amount of Supergirl comics I've never loved any Supergirl comics I so in classic Tom King fashion he has written I mean recently Strange Adventures starring Adam Strange uh, Rorschach starring Rorschach those are his two most recent books both of those are things that if you would ask me if I want them I would say I don't really I would much rather have Tom King writing a different story, um, and both of them have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And this continues that trend of being like, "Oh, Tom King's writing a like a Supergirl book." Okay, I will read any Tom King book, and I'll probably read the entire series. But I wasn't incredibly excited about this. I thought it was really, really good. I don't love the t- the prose in this. Are like they kind of, they're almost like Conan esque like. It's not sword and sorcery fantasy stuff, but it feels like that to me. And that's not a type of writing I like a ton, um, but I liked it a lot in here. Is that, did anyone feel at all like that in the writing of this or is am I way out no, there? I, it's kind I, of got
2: a voice. I, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. It did feel, I mean, I would say it it is basically sword and sorcery fantasy, except sci-fi mix that's a super girl and she's got a ship and that always just kind of bounces off me a little bit
0: um but there was one particular scene in here which was just I, at first i could not i couldn't understand like why did she go here to a red sun like i don't get that i was like oh it's because she wants to get drunk for her birthday and she can't get drunk under a yellow sun that's fucking rad it took me several <laughs> pa- like, a little bit longer i think than i was supposed to get that but the the shot where it's the full page shot of her with the sword. Oh,
1: it's so beautiful.
0: It's so beautiful. (laughs) And the blue, the blue is a lighter shade of blue than Superman is typically drawn with or Supergirl or any of those characters anymore. And like, I got a full on flashback to being a little kid and looking at like, I had a Bugs Bunny McDonald's toy where he was like flexing and you could clip on the super bugs outfit that he had. (laughs) And like, just being a child and remembering, like kind of being blown away by the iconic nature of that costume. I don't feel that really ever with a Superman comic, but this issue seeing her and her costume and that sort of lighter blue the whole time just reminded me of like being a kid and seeing the super family. So that was when it really hit me for me as a book that I really was enjoying. I'm curious what your takes on this were.
1: Well, I definitely had the same thing going into it. Like I, I was like, I don't... I haven't really read any Supergirl I don't really care about Supergirl it's Tom King so I'll definitely read it but I don't think I'm gonna buy it I'll just you know read it for the podcast or whatnot and goddamn if he didn't pull another one out that I really loved I keep waiting for something to be one of these newer books of his to not be something that grabs me completely and and damn it was I really liked it I um I really love that every time one of these new series comes out it's a different feeling book totally definitely playing with genre and really goes into writing that genre he doesn't write the exact same way just with a different setting i hope it's
0: flattering to you that she reminded me of you while reading it
1: Oh my!
0: <laughs> Just like you know, kind of a gruff, swearing, drinking, throwing up, kind of self-loathing person on an adventure. Like I, I, get on board with it, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I uh, in that Jessica Jones realm of character, she feels I mean, a little bit like a Jessica Jones in this more so than a Supergirl.
1: Is this at all what Supergirl does? Supergirl usually swear this much. I'd be more interested if this is right. the character I, that I was expecting to read. And for
0: me, it was like, cool, all kind of just tabula rasa. This will be my Supergirl.
1: Well, I, I am flattered uh, by that comparison because I really liked her in this. And I just thought that, like, yes, it is v- written in a very specific fantasy style dialect and everything. But I, for how many words and what font, tiny font was on these pages, it read way easier than I was expecting it to.
0: I totally and... agree about that.
1: I'm very hit and miss with sword and sorcery for me or fantasy. Sometimes I love it. A lot of it I can just pass on. But this was, I really enjoyed this quite a bit. And the art is so yeah. pretty. Bilquis, it's such Eveline, a pretty book.
0: <laughs> who has done some like Hill House books and some like Vertigo stuff recently. I can't remember exactly which ones, but um, we have seen their art. Um, Roman, where were, where were you on this as sort of my Supergirl expert?
2: Hardly a Supergirl expert, but I did really i love the old peter david supergirl series um and i haven't been uh, i haven't been super into her oh. <laughs> in, recent, in recent years um so and this surprised me too i mean one of the things like i have to tell myself with all dc titles now it's it's the, what, whatever the term is. The Omni Cheddarverse. Yeah, the Omni Cheddarverse. So like any story doesn't matter. Continuity, it's like, it's just another version. Because at first I was like, what, Supergirl's older than 21. Is this a flashback? What's going on? But it's just a different Supergirl story. Um, I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. Um, It was when he finally revealed why she was on this planet. I mean, it was great. Because I was wondering what's going on here. Why is Supergirl here? How come this person? She killed somebody. What, she doesn't do that. And the way he revealed all that, what was going on, it was great. The crypto stuff was great and touching, and and hell of a cliffhanger. I was like, oh my god, hell <laughs> of a
0: cliffhanger. No spoilers, <laughs> I guess,
2: but yeah, uh, hell of a cliffhanger in this issue. I
0: I have no choice but to read issue two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I Tell went into this short thinking,
2: thinking I don't know if I care about supergirl that much to stick with for a whole series but yeah since it's tom king i figured well i'm reading another tom king series
1: <laughs> and, and it, it's only eight issues as right which to is the usual weird. 12 yeah, yeah. yeah
0: um yeah and it starts at all of sort of v- verbal narration by this character that was totally new to me i think is new for this story yeah but like a very wordy um yeah explanation in a fantasy manner from a stranger. Like I was just like, this is, is this the first Tom King book that I don't read? There's, you know, and then, and then once the voice for Kara kind of came out, I was very, very on board for it. But I would give this a, like a pretty high score. Again, you know, I don't love super wordy comics and it's not because I'm lazy and don't like words. It's that I like when comics allow me to be the primary storyteller and kind of make it my own and interpret and put things on a comic book but I don't hate it if it's well done wording and I think this was really well done like the way that like the very verbal nature of this protagonist that we've met and the way that they're offset by Kara as just this like kind of drunk self-loathing self-destructive person like I I anyway I, I think that it really worked and
2: I it, yeah. it did i felt like i mean i guess i was kind of expecting that just from a glance because i was like oh so this is verbose like rorschach often is but i realized as we're talking about it he put about three issues worth of world building and character he development did. in this mm-hmm. and he did it so well it doesn't feel like three issues
0: yeah no you're totally yeah. right it colette's point of like it was very wordy looking and then paced incredibly well like that's yeah that's to a t i feel like what my experience with
1: it was The character that's talking so much to the young girl, I can't remember her name already, but um, it feels so fitting for her to be having this deep narration. Like it Mm -hmm. seems, it is very character-based and not just, we need to fit a lot of exposition in here to get the story along. So we're going to have this character thinking all of it. It's very like, she seems, she's, she's young and she's, carrying this vengeance and she seems like the type that really needs to think strongly and highly of herself and would be creating these robust it's like when a middle schooler journals
0: right you know like you know the like
1: five volumes a week of their inner thoughts and everything but you know not as um i don't i can't think of a a slightly respectful term for how terrible (laughs) sophomores
0: uh thinking you're super deep when you're not holy god i think i'm going to give it I think I'm gonna give it a nine, which surprises me. Mm-hmm. If you had asked me earlier if I liked it more than planet size X-Men Araco Mar folk, um, I probably would have not thought so, but I'm gonna say nine on it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna give it an eight and a half, but I, I think I think it's a nine. This Jump on really this nine solid. train with me. Yeah.
2: Huh. I was gonna give it an eight and a half, but you know <laughs> nine yeah. would be fine. Nine works just as well. Yeah, it's an a liminal space between the two, but I think I liked yeah. it a little bit
0: more than Planet Size.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely did. But I think also maybe some of the surprise of that is what uh, factored in to that. Yeah. yeah end of an era, friends, end of an <laughs> era we have been living in a hero's reborn space. And now the final issue of it came out and I guess I didn't really understand that it felt like the final issue of that. but before we get into that, I think it'd be fun to uh, h- handle uh, handle uh, a little a little voicemail in response to Ooh. Django's question from last week. and this one's from the, you know the key to my heart, Nabu, each
2: soul is a dodgeball track with me, lining the middle of the court. Each side, the good and the bad, is balanced to start with. Neither side knows what they're gonna do with that ball, but it is mutually exclusive. And you better believe that the demon sides are gonna go after that ball right away to make sure that the other side can't get it. Because only good things can happen if you start with that ball. And now my analogy is falling apart because obviously you can throw the ball at the other side and they can catch it. But um, I don't know what you expected from a Dina dodgeball analogy. Anyway, oh. <laughs> um, question back to you. Uh, describe your soul as if it were a dodgeball. Mine is blue and white. Go Colts.
0: <laughs> so, Colette, I loved watching your face for that because uh... – you know, I would not blame you for not listening to the very end of last week's podcast when Roman or Django asked a random question, which is like, why do all those people that gather souls like the demon and stuff? Why do they do that? Nathan, I like that idea. You know, the more souls you have, the more you can do it. It's like dodgeball, right? All those dodgeball. You start by running up to the middle line and grabbing a ball and then throwing it. It's is it a currency that makes a ton of sense? I don't know. I just heard Roman fart. Um, but I love the idea that that one's there. So if your soul is a dodgeball. um. I feel like I'm going to do Roman's soul, where I'm going to do Colette's soul, and then Colette will do my soul. Roman, your soul is, um, it's earth tones. It's like uh, it's like kind of browns and mauves and like earthen greens with a giant phallus that almost turns it no longer a dodge ball. It's like a, it's like a, not an ice cream cone because it doesn't point on one end, but it's it's sort of like that. It's a horrible thing to throw, but it's maybe one of the most, appealing dodgeballs that you can get so roman if you wouldn't mind explaining what colette's soul would look like as a dodgeball uh
2: man i could comp- <laughs> i completely forgot about what Jenko's question i was like i was listening to that boo i was thinking, what's he talking about i know yeah. I, I have no context for this I remember. um i don't know i picture colette's soul as as giant phallus <laughs> <laughs> well no i was i was picturing like some kind of leather zippered hood but but Whoa. underneath that you don't do the zipper and it's, it's just this shiny light like like coming out of the the, the leather mouth hole i kind of think that's really really on point
0: like <laughs> you're a deep bdsm mask but you just exude positivity and kindness and a deep willingness to be vulnerable and sensitive i love it yeah But that's also Roman's dodgeball, frankly. I I take mine back. That's
2: Roman's as well. Oh, (laughs) see, I like the idea of like my dodgeball. You described it that phallus. It's like those dog toys you can really, you can really, for a long distance,
0: exactly the word I wanted to use. Um, let's round this thing out with my soul.
1: Oh, god, this is some heavy pressure.
0: Yeah, well, I said like a phallus for Romans, and he said a bondage mask for you, so like it's a pretty low bar.
1: Oh, crap. I always blank in situations like this. Uh, well, Jeffries is you know um, I, Honestly, it's been a really long time since I've interacted with a dodgeball so I can't even remember what they're supposed to look yeah, like. But, um, so, so Jeff is some sort of a well, it's a purple and aqua blue oh. um, ball oh. Um, oh. and it's um really worn like really well loved so some of the colors worn off all over it and really just soft and squishy but it's got a like a pretty solid center to it it's it's strong it uh it's it's soft enough and tender enough on the outside that it doesn't quite grasp that it's actually a really stable good solid you're gonna um, make me cry i think (laughs) i don't know why
0: i'm so worn but i think it's you mentioning on just sort of all the personal trauma we all go through and i just
1: i'm gonna cry it's that perfect ball that i'm starting to remember playing dodgeball that like it's soft enough on the outside that if it hits you it's not gonna hurt so bad it's gonna you're gonna know you got hit you're out but you're not gonna have a big old welt if it hits you like on the face like a Django or something. Ball. <laughs> but but it's got that solid enough thing that you can really catch it without it like bouncing off of you <sighs> or like if you're trying to ca- it's gonna it's gonna soften it's gonna like it's gonna want you're gonna be able to hug that damn ball and like, it's a damn, so like a and, goddamn good idea like uh, a goddamn berry
0: i'm flattered ball, and i let it go i love you both um so right before we go into Heroes of Born 7, I do just really want a quick spoiler. We talk about spoilers. Like, gosh, I forget to mention we need to mention spoilers for comic, But anytime we're going to talk about one of the Marvel shows or movies, I'm like, all right, spoilers. I don't want to piss anybody off. But um, Loki number two episode came out. We talked about the first episode. I liked it a lot. That first episode, what I forgot to mention, one of the things that I really love about it is the soundtrack. It's like an old sci-fi movie. It's got a whole bunch of like high-pitched synths that are just sort of like beautiful, fuzzy, warm notes that are being sent to the moon or something. It's this, there's a really interesting soundtrack that's going on in, in this show. Second episode didn't have quite as much of it because I think that, that that instrumentation I love so much is kind of tied to the the T-A-V or whatever. Um, but uh, I, uh, what do you guys think of episode number two?
2: i felt the same i didn't like it quite i mean i liked it but i didn't like it quite as much as the first episode i, I guess maybe because the first episode it's all so new and you're introduced to this world and blah 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 and that's getting all set up i did like in this one that the my favorite part was when they went into the uh mall or grocery store whatever that place was and the adventure in there
1: mm-hmm I actually really liked all the stuff with the being back at the TVA with the records and going through all the all the Mm. old paper records. And I really love all the art direction for the TVA world and all of that. That's starting the first episode. I sat there and I told Jared, I was like, this better be fucking weird. And (laughs) I really love how stylized and weird all the TVA stuff is. Mm. I at the beginning of the episode it dawned on me and spoilers but I was like oh it's gonna be Lady Loki that's why they haven't shown
0: I forgot about Lady Loki being a thing at all and then they showed I was like oh duh yeah
1: yeah so the whole episode I kind of kept getting distracted by all the like the times that they were intentionally making sure they were saying he's gonna be doing this yeah. or like not showing and i was just like Smart. and then the reveal for lady loki i was like i had one of those things that i try never to do which is the like well that's not what she's supposed to look like in the <laughs> comics but like it seems so far from right. tom hiddleston that it, it threw me off but
2: i, that's exactly I enjoyed yeah. it i i had that same reaction to her as my first reaction was like well that's not lady loki
1: (laughs) yeah it feels like
2: a very different
0: character rather than just a different version of this character yeah that makes sense i on the topic of things i really did like i did love there was like one particular point where owen wilson is talking to loki and they're both kind of playing one another (laughs) and i really loved this sort of like incredibly meta conversation that they were having i right. just sort of like both of them were anticipating each other's moves seven lines down the line and i love that you know there's some comics and different games and anime we were prom- we were promised neverland is another great example of that. but like just like when you're like oh well what if this and then they answer that question immediately like i think we as readers of a lot of comics and stuff or purveyors of art like you see enough stuff that you start to be like, okay, well, what if this is this? So when, or maybe next episode, we're going to pay off for that. But this was just like, well, is he fooling him? And then they're immediately like, you're fooling me. And you're like, okay, cool. So you're not wasting my time. I don't need to spend time to mm-hmm. get these. But I don't like episode two quite as much as the first. Um, but I do really like, you know, spoilers, when they nuke the perfect timeline, that was so, like everything veining off. And I was just like, okay, cool. I hope we're yeah. done with the TAV and we're just going somewhere else now.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I feel like these kind of shows, episode three is when I can feel fully vested in the mm. early on. I'm just like, whatever, you're going to entertain me for a little bit. <laughs> I'm cool. Just show me whatever. My and toddler's asleep. To, I'm doing <laughs> it. No, he's not. But we watched it last night while he was caught. So I got to not have an interruption for the whole show. He won't fucking sleep these days.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: anyway, side tangent. But yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. And I... I remember to the start of the first episode that I didn't really enjoy Loki as of Avengers. Yeah. And Thor and I, I remember not quite getting why so many people loved Loki at that point in the movies. So it's been a little bit of like, okay, can we get him a little closer to the person that you evolved him to being that was more, more I don't I like, like him. But-
0: I don't like that character, but I do think that this story that they're telling is like yeah. enough time travel meta stuff that I'm pretty into it. This Heroes Reborn number seven by Jason Aaron and Aaron Cooter and Dean White with just amazing art um, was the end of this Mephisto recreated universe. We haven't even really seen Mephisto in it. What the fuck? This is the final issue
2: of it, except for we have Heroes Return next week, but like, yeah. Well, well, this is just the midway point. I mean, yeah, it's the final issue. I guess you could say of Heroes Reborn. But it's only it's only halfway through the story. Heroes Reborn was just to introduce the remaining Avengers into that world, and now we're going to start the fight.
1: So do we you know just... is it going to still be so episodic for this next arc, or is or is it going to become much more of a linear story from here on out? Is this just this cool episodic kind of character introduction because it was set up or
0: i don't i think there's only one issue of hero's return it's one issue oh i thought it was going to be like another five or six issues i think that's the really weird part of the whole thing
1: weird Uh... is that
0: hero's return is a one shot if i'm reading diamond solicitations correctly and Huh. um there's only well, one issue of it so it seems and it maybe it'll be oversized let's let's do a well, page count here i stand corrected it's, it's 40 pages so it's like two pages but it's it's very weird we spent seven issues building the world of this parallel reality and i loved it like this one with gorgeous cooter art telling, like retelling civil war retelling all these like interesting moments of you know, our continuity, but with the Squadron Supreme. I really love that. But it seems like a very weird amount of world building to be doing to then having it, maybe I'm just mistaken, but it seems very weird that there's only one issue left. Like, and why is it a different title? And what's going on, guys? <laughs> it feels like kind of a constructed thing to hype the Loki series, which is why I feel like Mephisto is maybe related to that series.
1: Yeah, I would kept feeling like, oh, is this like supposed to be the payoff for everybody who's constantly trying to shoehorn thinking Mephisto is going to be in every show and movie and everything <laughs> uh like here we'll give you some Mephisto um yeah I don't know I I'm usually just pretty down for someone with a cool idea playing with a cool idea even if it doesn't have a ton of payoff like mm-hmm. just spending time doing world building so that you can spend some time in that world but it does feel like there's a lot to resolve in one issue that it feels like to resolve everything. in one more issue is going to be to glaze over everything as opposed to actually give it the treatment that the rest of this has had.
0: I agree. Roman, what were your thoughts on, I guess, and the final issue comes out the 23rd. So that is, or sorry, Heroes
2: Return comes out the 23rd. So that is next week. Um, yeah, what do um, you think? I wonder if it's going after the hero's return one shot, if there'll be, and you would know because it would have been solicited, but if at some point there'll be like a Squadron Supreme title that's going to follow up on this stuff, or if it's going to become one of the subplots in Avengers, because Jason Aaron's Avengers has been leading up to this series, you know, for months. I mean, Mephisto and his story being kicked out of hell and everything that was always in the background it was avengers issues um and and in the ghost johnny blaze ghostwriter series um so i wonder if it'll continue like that or spit off into a squadron supreme series if
0: i'm looking at the trade paperback solicitation for this and it is just heroes are born one through seven and heroes return number one
1: so yeah
0: it's it's a weirdly executed series. It's a very weirdly executed series. But I, I think I uh, echo Colette's sentiments, which is this is an incredibly talented writer with wonderful artists out of nowhere. Stoko, Aaron Cooter, like RM Guerra, um, telling a cool story with cool ideas baked in it, being allowed to do whatever they want. And I think that it's done really, really well. I think that there's some sense that I want it to be a larger, more impactful thing than it is. And I don't think it's going to be that. But hey, that's comics um so i think that this issue was pretty good and i would give it uh what would i give it roman what'd you give it
2: i gave it a again i apologize i don't have an issue in front of me but i give it a 9.5 okay Ooh. wow i thought I would, it was a i thought it was a great issue i think i'd give it a nine i
1: think i'd give this one an eight yeah i thought it was really solid i really liked it aaron hooter doesn't do as much for me mm-hmm. um like i don't dislike his art at all but i don't quite get that ooh, yeah, yeah. out of it um he, he half yeah. torques
2: me <laughs>
1: i um yeah it was it was solid it was good i liked it i really liked that i'm really glad that last time i was on here i found out i needed to be reading this cause right because it feels really like the Stoko
0: issue right
1: yeah yeah <sighs> which i i've i read one through four and then i read seven i haven't had time to read five and six and five was also Pop really suit. good but they're yeah. sitting in my back right here i'll be reading them
0: I don't like weekly comic series from a comic book store owner perspective because they're really hard to order and really hard to get right. And generally, it just means that stores overorder them. But I've actually really looked forward to getting an issue of this each week because each one has, again, almost in the spirit of Gala, not moved a, a giant story forward. It just keeps being little one shots about the different characters
2: in the Squadron Supreme that also tells the story of this world i'm just really curious how it's gonna because in avengers the squadron supreme has been around and they've been you know the government conservative tool version of the avengers and they've kind of come into like almost conflicts with the avengers and at least one conflict with the avengers and like regular marvel earth and then that all somehow leapt into this squadron supreme no avengers universe so I, I, yeah, I bet he's going to continue some of the Squadron Supreme stuff in his regular Avengers title.
0: Although we keep getting solicitations for this World War She-Hulk is the next big Avengers thing with Jason Aaron coming, so...
1: Romy, did you read the um the Alpha Flight tie-in that came out this week for Heroes Reborn yeah, the, also?
2: Yeah, the Weapon X and something flight.
1: Yeah, yeah, how was that? I I really loved the little bit of that in this.
2: Um, yeah, it, it was pretty good. I mean, especially the stuff with... um with wolverine i mean that one wolverine actually kills hyperion but he's only able to do it because shaman enchants wolverine's claws so they actually can cut hyperion um but things go horribly horribly wrong and it's awful i gave i gave it a i gave it a well actually i gave it a six
0: Before we go into our next book here, which is Nightwing, and we're going to go into those Roman scores uh, later, I'm gonna I want to read this uh, email that we got from the wonderful, beautiful Andrew Carlson, the fourth, I guess fifth, because Colette's, you know, Colette is officially the fourth member of this podcast, but Andrew would be the probably the bump to fifth, you know, because he's not on it all the time. Um, But uh, you know, he's Fox, he's friend of the show, right? You know, like he's he's the unofficial fifth member,
1: elevated status besides having a number fox is the special title
0: he is i I couldn't agree more and he says holy shit nightwing Uh is so good tom taylor has packed so many emotional punches while also casually introducing two new characters one of which looks absolutely terrifying in this issue not to mention the twists i won't spoil the end of the issue i'm sure you guys won't i'm sure you guys won't Hmm. but it's a shocker. And I'm so freaking excited to see where it goes. Thanks for everything you do. Fots, Thoughts, I think we're going to spoil it. I do. I I think I appreciate the idea of not doing it, but I'm excited to actually talk about the spoilers. Um, Cause I think it's a big thing. He says PS Babs has the best shirt during the bite wing scene, which is true. I couldn't wait to talk about that. Did everyone notice that shirt?
1: Yes. It's a
0: zoom in <laughs> panel of the Batman slapping Robin panel from the silver age or maybe before yeah. the silver age um he says PPS demon days mariko was gorgeous future treasury edition you think colette i think you're the only well no i'm sure roman read it but you want to do me a real quick oh roman didn't so colette 10 seconds mariko go
1: oh um this was good (laughs) i have the problem whenever i'm reading these i did this with the x-men one too that i spend too much time trying to place who the characters are um and it distracts me from the story but it's pretty and it starts off confusing but the story actually explains the confusing stuff as you go and i liked it and and mariko is that marco that wolverine was engaged to if you can't remember Dude, who she is
0: the most <laughs> humiliating thing <laughs> most humiliating thing happened to jango and i this week working on tuesday everything was kind of going wrong we were there real late as i alluded to earlier jane and i wrote write the email that goes out to everyone on tuesday and send it out and one of the books we plugged was that book and it's demon days mariko by not Peach no not even fucking that it's just the word mariko right there made us write oh my god we love mariko tamaki and just like ah man female female writers that are yeah you know also asian i we fucked that up and i feel really bad about that but uh, we immediately got an email from somebody being like yeah you totally referred to peach momoko as mariko tamaki that whole time i was like you're right we're assholes (laughs) holy fuck but it is a book called mariko Fuck, we fucked up. But anyway, anyway, sorry. Um, your score for that, Colette.
1: Um, I would give it a 7.5. I, 08.
0: Who? I would give Nightwing 81 a 9.5.
1: Who? What?
0: I would give Nightwing 81
1: a 9.5. Oh, we're oh. not even talking about it? We're just going to score? I
0: just wanted to lead with a score. I okay. wanted to see what you guys <laughs> thought about that crazy thing. It's not a 10, but it's fucking... I do think that this is my favorite book I read this week. Supergirl was great. I think like any time that this book, any week this book has come out, it's been pretty close to my favorite book of the week. Um, And it just reminds me of exactly what I think comics should be, which is a wonderful story that comes out once a month with art that I love, with writing I love, about characters I love following. The entire fate of the entire DC universe doesn't hang on this book. It's just localized to this character, his town, and the people around him. I just, I, this is great DC comic books. Like, this is just what I feel like they are in my brain and what comic books have always been. Um, and, and I, I really liked it. I really like the art. It's almost David Aja-esque at times. Um, you guys can rain on my parade if you'd like, but there's, I, they name the dog in this and it's Bitewing, And I'm very into that.
1: But also yeah. Haley, right? Yeah,
0: but I
2: bet yeah. it's going to be It's it, it should be it, Bightwing. It's both. It's both. Yeah.
1: I yeah. loved the, um, con- and she can't have two names, like or yeah. whatever that line was. <laughs> Sorry, Roman, Roman yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that.
2: no, no. Yeah, I love that too. I, I, plus Barb's follow-up dialogue where she was like, I have three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gave it an eight. I, I like, I, I love this series. I mean, I I didn't like this issue quite as much as the previous two issues, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's still when it's this series, I mean, that's like another book's 10. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I, I, sorry, please, your thoughts oh, are I, better. I, I, was, I, was, I was just, I don't know what to think about the, about the final shot. I'm like, Oh, it can't okay. be, it can't be. It's, it's gotta well, be so, a trick.
0: So right before we go into that one, one thing I do want to say is that I love that we're living in a sort of will they, won't they Ross, Rachel you know, Barbara, Dick, Grayson thing. I love that. I know we've explored that relationship. Things have gone poorly. They're not together, but also comics. Everyone's frozen in Amber. Ross and Rachel weren't together for eight seasons or whatever. Like I'm, you, I'm just really into the presence of those two and the friendship that is there. And, and then I love wanting them to be together because they're both so awesome. And I don't actually have that, Level of interest in a possible romance and pretty much any comic book out there, except for maybe Tom King's Batman and Catwoman stuff. But I like, I just really like the way that those two characters interact in this book. It's not super romance; it's just they're buddies and they have a past and they rely on each other, and I love it.
1: I love when you can read about a bond, or just any time that a bond between two people is clearly so strong that whether they're it's as a friendship or As a chosen family or a romantic relationship it kind of doesn't matter because the Mm -hmm. bond is what's important yeah and it's and this i feel like is depicted in that way that it's like okay maybe they're you know they're there's that banter but also roman and i flirt with each other like it's
0: true (laughs) i love watching it
1: um (laughs) but like it's just such there's so much depth between them and, and they're so nice to read.
0: To your point, there's not been like much romantic, really anything in here. However, it's also not really portrayed in the way that's like, yeah, we dated and it didn't work. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a closed door. It's just that, like you said, there's lots of ways that people can be important to one another, and this one doesn't have a name, but the importance is clearly there. That was a really, really well, well put clip. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, but yeah, I love this, and I. I think I would give it an eight and a half. It wasn't my favorite issue of this series so far. Still made me start crying in the middle of the damn thing. Yeah,
0: When all the boats showed up. When all
1: the boats showed up. I'm like, clearly the boats are going to show up. And then they started showing up. And I started crying. (laughs) So the part. Man, this was just perfectly laid out just to make you see. When you know something's coming and it can still make you cry. (laughs) Yeah good writing
0: the part that like slapped me was the just everything was great but two-thirds of the way through three-quarters of the way through when Nightwing breaks into the apartment and he does the four panels of shoving the stick against the window and using the other stick to cut it out and then pull the stick it's just four panels of non-verbal visual problem-solving comic book storytelling I love comic books and I love when they are just being comic books Those are the moments that lean on that David Aja kind of graphic design, satisfying story. Like, I just, I love that. I love that. I love not being told what's going on. I love being like, yeah, you'll get it. Here's some pictures. Like, I fucking love that.
1: And I love diagram type imagery in a comic when it's done right. I will say there was this random teeny tiny little, I think it was supposed to be a zoom in to a show, like a close up of what is happening with, heartless in their fight but it's just a weirdly tiny kind of detailed picture right where my thumb was when I was holding the book and I was like what what's going on
2: halfway up that page
0: though the whole panel of him throwing the stick and then the the singular moment of that guy catching the stick there was such a feeling of a change in momentum like it was like throwing and then it was just like no sound effect needed that panel made the sound of thunk absolutely gorgeous roman you want to spoil this thing for us
2: oh my gosh like th- that that's a lot of pressure Sh- sorry thoughts and everybody but okay i'll spoil it yeah spoil me <laughs> um so at the very end this this so i'm trying to remember because I don't, I don't have the copy in front of me um boss zuko's daughter who's just been elected as the like puppet mayor yeah. of uh, bloodhaven um she reveals to Nightwing that she's his long lost and unknown sister. Love,
0: <laughs> love it. And I like that she have seen. She seemed morally ambiguous going into this. And this doesn't yeah. define that, but this had the feeling, and of course, you know, this book came in and we are all excited to read it. And then it turns out that it's going for $30 online because our store <laughs> is online, so we have to put them all somewhere else secret so that a bunch of people in Florida don't order it all. So none of our subscribers get to read it because it's they always want to Florida milk us for their three ninety nine copies that they can sell for $25. But um, yeah, it's almost out of spite. I want to like spit all over it or something. Or just like, yeah, this is my copy. It's got my hair oils all over it. But, um, But yeah, like we don't, you know, they, we had to pull them all and, anyway it's 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 so good you could feel the magnitude of it like oh wow is that a big deal is that her first appearance that's that's is this I love the idea of Dick Grayson having a sister I'll take it
1: I love anytime you can play with chosen family being a strong bond and healthy and good situation and ties to blood relatives being the the gray gray. and the hard and the who knows and and the difficulty and being able to explore how fucked up and wonderful families can be no matter depending on how you come to be with them and who they are and that always gets me excited to read
0: i just look forward to this book every time it's so so awesome um in the world of dc as well roman you read represent which is a collection of digital first issues that came out as an oversized physical issue
2: this week that's that's very cool how yeah how was it you said this was good it, it was and i wasn't even because <clears throat> i don't pay attention to digital comics i wasn't even aware that this existed until we got the, the couple copies we got and it was very good. There's, uh, it was six issues, so six separate stories in here, totally unrelated to each other, um, other than the fact that they're, you know, they're about uh, Black Americans. Um, and the first issue, is, or the first, yeah, first issue, first story is actually written by Christian Cooper, who was the um, bird watcher in, I think, the New York park that was accosted by that woman, Karen, that had one at least her dog. Um, and I did, and I'd forgotten this in the news articles about him. He's a writer, an editor. So the first story in here is by him, and uh, and it, it's it's a good story. It's not great, but it's a good story. Um, it's touching. Every issue in here, they're good stories. And one of the things that's cool about it is that you know nobody's not that there's anything wrong with that. That's a bread and butter. But nobody in here is, you know, like picked on or abused or anything and then ends up becoming a superhero or something like that they're all very realistic one of the stories is about um a woman a mother that is having undiagnosed pain and every time she goes to her doctor who's a white man an older white man he tells her it's all in her head and stuff and so she starts having more problems and seems specialist and and just getting the runaround Um, which, which uh, I've read before happens with black women a lot, a lot mm-hmm. until finally she finds the right doctor that says, well, let's do some tests. You know, I, it could possibly be this. And she finds out that it's not cancer or anything, but she has um, acromegaly. I might be mispronouncing that. But then she's able to start getting it treated and have actually doing something about it. And it's just about being an advocate for yourself, and and that's pretty much what each of these stories is, in one way or another, is being an advocate for yourself, and and you know, not just accepting the status quo. Another story is about the kid that's picked on by other kids in his urban school, and you know, he doesn't become like a creature of the night or anything. He meets a boxing coach, has a gym that teaches him about self-discipline and awareness of your surrounding teaches them some breathing exercises that you know to calm yourself in a situation so you can not react just out of fear or or anxiety and it's just about how that the kid changes his routine and and starts walking to school rather than taking the bus with the bullies and things like that it's it's all just very good realistic
0: stories i love when like superhero comics cannot be superhero like A DC or Marvel book can be have the same spirit of superheroics but not be using the vehicle of superheroics right like you know hopefully we're all trying to become better people and I think using art to understand other people or to value other people or find challenging things within ourselves like you know that's that's a great way to do it I I appreciate the DC is experimenting more with this stuff
2: yeah there's been a lot of issues and this isn't the same as those anthologies one-shot issues, large issues we've been getting, like the Pride one and the um, Asian-American one, yep. um, but this kind of feels like those, and it's similar size physically, and if you put this in those, I would say this is the best one yet. No, actually, there's seven stories. Um, I forgot the contents page. The seventh story is about a kid that, yeah, through learning how to do graffiti art, he finds his voice, and advocates for himself so exactly what you're saying about art
0: oh oh i fucking love it Rome mm-hmm. thank you uh, what do you well you know what let's save the score for when we get your massive score oh, rundown okay. um i'm just gonna very briefly talk about venom 200 Colette, did you read venom 200 i did not roman you read venom 200 um maybe not i, I didn't think-
2: i think i read the couple last pages of issue before it (laughs) cool well this was
0: venom 35 it's the final issue of Donnie kate's venom run he's been doing it man i remember the first week of his i remember being in the podcast room and talking about the first episode issue of his his run and um it's done now and i think it was like 35 issues long and it did a lot of things with the character of venom that i didn't necessarily love as a 90s child who loves a particular type of venom you know like I like kind of bad boy venom and this has been kind of humanizing and creating an anti-hero venom over the whole run. And then also I think t- telling a sort of thinly veiled story metaphor for uh, codependence or addiction, you know? Um, uh, but this kind of served as a wrap up to his run. And then a, a jumping off point for a couple other things. Most interestingly that earlier on in the run, evil Reed Richards from the ultimate universe um had showed up and was doing some stuff and he kind of disappeared halfway through or two thirds of the way through and we don't really know what's going on with him and it's just sort of like yeah bad reed richards has the council of reeds and he's doing bad stuff so i'm like okay cool tie that into that hickman stuff i love that's very very good i'm all about that um but yeah you know ultimately his kid becomes venom and now he's like a god who can mentally tap into any symbiote in the entire universe and you know, I don't love that stuff as much, but I do think that it was a fun run and it just did Donny Kate stuff. Worth way, 35, 30-ish issues. Like what is, I think that's the longest Donny Kate story there has been, if I had to guess. I, don't, I can't think of a longer Donny Kate's book. So it's interesting to see him tell a long form story. And interestingly, I kind of think that I came out of it feeling like he writes better in short stories. Like I think he works a little bit better having a beginning, middle and end almost plotted out like a five or six issue thing a la god country or some of the events he's done silver surfer black the thanos book um so yeah it's interesting he's a he's a really unique writer one of my i'll say favorite because oftentimes there's so much fun to read his books but uh it's interesting to see that yeah he i think he has a maybe a tendency to be a little bit better short form storyteller and i can't think of a lot of writers i would say that about I, i guess i can't really think specifically about writers being better at one or the other so it was interesting to sort of feel like oh Donnie, maybe i like your short stories more but um some gorgeous art some bagley art Uh, (laughs) and um some captain america on the topic of supergirl earlier when we were like yeah that's that costume just reminds me of old supergirl the Captain America drawn in this. I don't know what it is. I don't know if we just haven't seen him in this kind of classic costume in a while, but just looking at Captain America and his blue and white with like the white star on his chest and the vertical red and white on his abdomen and like the the mask being so cowly. I was just like, yeah, that's Captain America. Like that is my Captain America. And I love it. Like it doesn't look like he doesn't have a beard. He's not chain mail-y. It's just like, yeah, you're like, you're like spider-man but with a red white and blue costume um so i would give venom 200 slash 35 um 7.5 i like that it did a lot of different things some stuff i didn't like as much as other stuff but you know even even not loving aspects of it he kind of i appreciate that because it kind of informed a greater opinion of this guy's work and sort of what he does well and what he maybe doesn't do quite as well and um Donny Cates, I just really like you. I really like you. I hope that you keep doing stuff. I'm not really at all excited about the Flash Thompson Venom book that's coming out of this, but um, yeah. yeah, that. Um, Colette, do you want to house clean with me? What, do you, is there anything left in your house that you want to talk about?
1: Um, what else did I read? Uh, I read two things that were pretty blah. Um, I read uh, Compass and the Cauldron of Eternal Life. Um, presented by Greg Rutka. Um, Whoa, uh, he didn't write it though. It's two, I can't remember if in the afterword it said that they were friends or brothers, but um, Robert McKenzie and David Walker, not David oh, F. Walker. Okay, I was gonna ones. say
0: David Walker.
1: I, I thought it was David F. Walker the whole mm-hmm. time, and I was like, okay, this is different, very different For his usual stuff. And then in the reading the back, it's like two guys that Rutka met through Twitter and then ended up in Australia and spent like you know went to get drinks with them and spent most of the night talking and was just like you guys have good ideas i'm going to support you in making a comic i love that um but uh and art by justin greenwood who did the second two volumes of stump town um colors by daniela miwa and uh letters by simon boland and it's a um uh it's set in oh where was it uh 1242 um, it's definitely like a spot in history and stuff that I'm not as familiar with. And it was kind of unclear at first, I would say, read the afterward first, because it actually does a really cool breakdown of the history. And they say that they're going to do for every issue. They want to talk about the things that they actually pulled from history and what was fiction in here so that people can actually like learn interesting stuff from the book without being confused about what's fiction and what's not um but it's a um Baghdadi adventurer and scholar woman who's kind of like a Indiana Jones in Wales trying to find um some sort of artifact and her old friend comes in and swoops it out before she can get to it but then it turns out her friend is working for Genghis Khan and there's uh, the main character ends up in this Welsh town dealing with this lord who is an actual historical character It' not the greatest comic I've ever read but it was actually pretty good and like you know it had some structure issues I was a little confused but I think if I'd read the afterword first and been able to place the time period and stuff it, it would have read easier I, I enjoyed it it was pretty good I'll yeah. definitely keep reading it it sounds um, cool yeah i'm surprised you didn't read this roman this is totally a roman <laughs>
2: <book>. <laughs> I, th- I don't even remember seeing the cover I, oh we've got I, like
1: quite a few copies no.
2: maybe i saw the cover and i i don't know i didn't like the cover or something but yeah it's, it's not a, a new new great book. cover
1: no it's not a great cover the interior art is way better than the cover i mean you know me i love me some heavy shadow super brush strokey mm. yeah. art um but yeah it was solid i'd give it a give it a seven and i think it's definitely worth um giving it a go and giving in a few issues to see if it grabs you
0: and like greg rucka is an amazing writer and has a great vision for things also loves kind of like embedding history into his work with like old guard and stuff as well and um that sounds that sounds really rad i love it's got almost like a scholarly approach to it
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i'll definitely read that now
1: yeah it's got kind of a doctor who kind of quality to it that you're you're learning something with a fictional story taking you through the real life stuff we're all doctor
2: who fans yeah but
1: it's definitely yeah if you're a doctor who fan it's definitely got that kind of a story vibe to it but i love that they actually break down in the back like hey here's our actual historical references that we used for this fiction story
0: so I'm pretty excited to do this crazy thing, which is that Roman read it in his classic Roman fashion, way more books than anyone has
2: ever in the history of London. I just
0: like, no. you have less days off than I do. Um, so <laughs> between your two jobs. So I don't know how you did it, but in a timely fashion, Roman, just um, title, score, title, be, score. Right, yeah, right yeah, before we do however, that briefly yeah, can Absolutely.
2: I, can I say, I'm, I am really curious to like to hear Braden talk about this because I read the first issue of the Great Gatsby adaptation that has a gorgeous cover it is yeah Mm -hmm. but you guys referred to it earlier I've actually never read the Great Gatsby I've never seen one of the movie adaptations don't know the story (laughs) yeah I've had a copy since high school but I've never read it I Um, really like that
1: book yeah, I it was love one of a the... lot of classics. Yeah,
2: yeah, you guys referred yeah. to the green light and I was like, hey, yeah, that's st- that's what that is on the cover. Okay, I get that now. I didn't realize that was the green light across the lake because um, they mentioned that and, of course, the first issue.
1: It's a pretty it's, quick it, read, Roman. If you can is. read 20-some books. <laughs> and <laughs> one of out. them
2: being Great
0: Gatsby, chapter yeah. one of three or whatever, then <laughs> yeah. you can probably yeah. read them.
2: Well, this first issue was pretty good. I am intrigued. I guess I've never read it because I, I've always... I guess I've always felt like, well, it's about these fucking arrogant rich people. What do I care? It's <laughs> it's, not.
1: And, it's
0: not, and I actually think that what it is about is something that you would be very into. Ah, um,
1: okay. okay. I think you'd also resonate quite a bit with um. Oh God, why am I blanking on his name? The narrator. Is yeah, it Tom? Nick.
2: Nick. Or oh, yeah. yeah, Nick something. Nick uh, Galloway, or something like but that. But I also
0: think <laughs> that you would very much vibe with what Gatsby is about and kind of what his huh. sort of ultimate story that you come to, but also maybe reading it through the comic will be great. I, but that's surprised me. You haven't read that. It's very rare that I've read a non picture book. You haven't. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I never saw the movie with uh Leo. What's his name? DiCaprio? Yeah. yeah. Meant to. And it's Just also watched funny. the
1: Redford one. one.
2: The Red. Okay. It is <laughs> funny. On the as is, is oh, Daisy. Oh, wow okay yeah there's Um, some good Gatsby it is funny on the back of this it says uh, you have never read and seen the great Gatsby done in the great American art form of comics which made me laugh because we have a hardcover adaptation on the shelves that came out the year the DiCaprio movie came out Oh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) from a different publisher different creative team (laughs) did you like Um, it? I I did actually yeah I did Um, I'm intrigued and yeah I do want to read the actual novel i i would be interested in your thoughts on it that that is a weird hole i would say
0: mm-hmm. that someone needs to plug oh yes. yeah
1: um i think i have a copy in the garage i'll see if i can find it and i it think go. i have a copy th- yeah. yeah and i
2: think i've got one still somewhere it's probably yeah. packed away in my stuff at my dad's house beneath
0: your game of thrones books that you'll never read yeah um, I, gave, I gave those to Neil. good um okay roman <laughs> yes. 27 books
2: you read this week i did Bam, I'm gonna start a timer. Let's get this. And the deal is I can't. I mean, if people have questions, they can write in, they can please write in. Bitch at me for my low score. But this is just, (laughs) hey,
0: what was it like to be Roman this week and read this many
2: books? Get it going. And this is probably the order with which you read them in, right? Um, I don't know if it's the order I read them in. It's the order I wrote 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 them down. Okay. (laughs) What do you got? Fantastic four, I gave an eight. Flash, I gave a seven point five. Superman red and blue, I gave a seven yosagi yojimbo i give a nine uh miles morales spider-man i give a seven silver coin i give a six midnight western theater i give a seven what the uh, fuck was that <laughs> that was i don't know i don't know what the story is with that because we already had it like on the shelf and then we got more of them this past week i don't even know what that looks like do you have issue numbers written down there uh that was number one midnight uh, yeah, western theater so like a coin.
1: black bar on the bottom, yeah. bottom and it's got like a oh vampires. yeah
2: yeah never mind. it's a yeah, very indie white. looking yeah, book yeah yeah, 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 yeah the yeah, vampire yeah. westerns um silver coin i don't know that was issue three four
1: mm-hmm.
2: three miles morales have no idea what issues wait, wait, wait. so no
0: don't don't worry about it don't okay talking. okay i'm just curious if you had him but what was your silver coin score and then Collette and i will also give ours
2: um six seven
1: six and a half
2: Cool. Oh, Roman, what cool. else? All right. Uh Heroes Reborn, we did 9.5. Uh Heroes Reborn Weapon Exit and Something Flight, Final Flight. That got a six. Nightwing got an eight. Beast of Burden, numbers uh got a six. Like I screwed up because I don't remember the subtitle. I think it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh Mighty Valkyries got an 8.5. Beautiful art. Norse mythology Neil Gaiman's North Mythology Norse mythology got an eight. Norse mythology two, I think. Yeah, because they just yeah started the second oh, series. Yeah. There. Static, number one, got a seven. Uh, Berserker got a five. Uh, oh,
0: no! I haven't read that yet.
2: Oh, five. Oh, yeah. yeah. knew um, was going to be hurt. I know. Well, don't, don't have them skip this part. <laughs> Captain America Annual, got a four. That's, oh, no! Yeah, that was the second part Whoa. of that Infinities, yeah, Marvel crossover yeah. thing. Yeah, Home, number three, got an eight. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight number two got an eight. Storytellers, I think there's more to that title. Tricksters. Uh, Jim Henson's The Storytellers. Num- number four, Tricksters got a- <laughs> got an eight. New Mutants got a six. Uh, the many deaths of Lila Starr got an eight point five. Uh represent. We did. Oh, it's got a nine point five or a ten. The art Holy isn't great. Shit. Yeah, the art isn't super great on a lot of the stories. doesn't have to be, to be Giffy. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, if it if the art had been a little better, I'd give it a 10. Hmm. Plant Size X-Men, seven. Save Yourself, number one. I gave a, I can't read my writing, a seven. Great Gatsby, I gave a seven. Supergirl, 8.5. But talking about it, I think I'm going to give that a nine. Love it. And Ultra Mega, number whatever Three. issue that is, number four. Three. Four? Four. 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 I'm an issue behind gets a six, and Is that all
0: 27 that uh, the yeah, that was it. Wow, yeah. geez, Louise. Well, Roman, I love it, and I, I love your uh unending dedication to reading everything, even though it was a lot of sixes and sevens or sevens. Yeah, um, <laughs> gosh, but a four,
2: geez, <laughs> that yeah. blows my mind because you Spent liked a long. the first one a lot. I love that Iron Man annual, but yeah. Hmm. I haven't given a four in a long time. Mm-hmm. No, I love when you the give Roman me a four.
1: four is like a me too. Yeah. Me. I mean me Cap,
2: too. can Cap, Go Cap negative four. <laughs> yeah. Cap was saying things. I was like, come on, Captain America wouldn't say that. Come on. Um, a lot of things to look forward to. I'm excited for
0: Heroes return next week. I don't know where we're gonna be in gala next week, but I bet there'll be something pretty interesting there in that case everybody i feel like the three of us are probably going to go home and go do those special things that we do after the podcast every single week and i love it but um i just super adore the both of you i'm really glad we've gotten to talk to both of you this week about the comics that you read um hearing what you both like and don't like always makes me enjoy things more and i love that you're both wonderful and um you know, just want to remind everyone that every single comic that comes out is somebody's favorite comic. So be gentle with it. And remember that learning to appreciate a comic or art that you don't immediately love is like learning to appreciate a person that you don't know. And it's our duty to find the good things in the people around us and the art around us. And I guess, uh, I guess, yeah, you can write us an email. Oh my God. Nathan, Andrew, and Will, thank you so much for giving us, it's so much fun when I can know beforehand that we have several emails, and that's what reminds me to like you know splice them out as we go. So um having more of them is always better. I don't know if Rhett Winter listens, but I would fucking love a Rhett Winter email. Like what's oh, yeah right cool. up to? God, I love that guy. Um yeah, every everybody. So thank you so much. Jeff at the comics place is where you get those emails too um colette and i are starting uh an episode by episodes friends rewatch podcast oh,
2: oh. and
0: um that'll be coming out starting next week uh, with the one that the one the one that starts it all i think is the 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 one with the first episode is what we'll be putting out perfectly acceptable jeff and colette watching friends no i'm kidding oh. i'm already like halfway through season two so you gotta I- catch it up
1: I don't know if I could sit through a rewatch <laughs> through of all of Friends. It doesn't would, age as well But as you if it hope. was with you, I could.
0: Especially if it was us in person watching it together. Yes,
1: yeah. That I would, would rather do an episode by episode rewatch of The Wire. Well, I'm Colette. Thanks for having me again. And, uh, and just remember that it's always a fantastic thing to like something that isn't very good. And it's A OK to dislike something that is good
2: i'm roman yeah and i love godzilla movies speaking speaking of bad things that are (laughs) that are good godzilla versus megalon one of my favorite movies of all time and it's terrible (laughs) oh i love you (laughs) um and i'm jeff and you guys i've been thinking about something
0: okay all right got an idea all right so godzilla on the topic of roman's question here godzilla if he were to be introduced into the marvel universe who would you most like to see him go up against? And I don't want an easy answer. I don't want to like, oh, like a dumb dumb Superman would beat him. I know that's DC, but I want like Godzilla. <laughs> what's a what's a story and why? What's a good story for Godzilla in a contemporary comic? You can do DC if you'd rather, actually. But uh, what's a way that we could bring Godzilla into the contemporary comic book world?
1: I don't know how he gets there, but I I would always. I always want i mean he's my dad so i always wanted to see him do anything but i would want to see godzilla and wolverine
0: oh my god yeah oh my godzilla <laughs> you're right oh yeah Oh. i
1: mean i immediately thought of when uh laura wolverine fought Fing fang foom oh. and like i love you know the immortal and the claws taken on just these tiny little compact nuggets of of anger and fury taking on a giant monster, but also with Wolverine, he's always gonna like if it's a misunderstood monster, or, uh you know, th- then you could have that cool, like, w- Logan in Japan kind of thing, mm. too, going on. Mm. And he'll like realize something about the month Godzilla oh. needs to be taken care of, or he'll identify with Godzilla. Or then you'd be just like, wrote a Godzilla, comic. Wolverine team up going after, like, dude silver samurai or something you just need to go amazing. tell
0: justin about that comic and make him write the script and you yeah. write the plot of it and that would be amazing all right everyone yeah. write us your emails about that next time can you top colette someone's gotta <laughs> um and uh and we will see you all next week for 231 thank you will